Welcome to Seed to Scale. We're four investors with backgrounds as founders who met at the engineering school at the University of Pennsylvania. Tim Young. Nahal Mehta. Hadley Harris. Vic Singh. We started ENIAC in 2009. With more than 80 years of combined experience building our own companies. We now lead seed rounds and bold founders who use code to create transformational companies. Starting a company from the ground up is really hard. In this podcast, we'll be having conversations with some of the most interesting founders, investors, and influencers. About the ins and outs of building an early stage company. We talk about it all. Funding, growth, and everything it takes to build a lasting business. Hi, this is Hadley from ENIAC. Today, I'm here with Mike Mignano, co-founder and CEO of Anchor. I think the important thing is that you don't you don't back away from these things. You have to lean into your challenges. You have to face them head on. You're going to fail. You're going to mess up every once in a while. Um, but the next time, it'll be a little bit easier and then a little bit easier, right? Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. We led their seed round three years ago, and the company has quickly become a leader in the space, powering over a third of all new podcasts. Today, I'm going to talk with Mike about his experience growing Anchor, the podcast ecosystem, and his advice for entrepreneurs. Hi, Mike. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you for having me, Hadley. Uh, Why don't we start off? Love to hear more about your background. Maybe start from the beginning and lead us up to the founding of Anchor. Sure. So my background has always involved some amount of uh, of creativity, basically. I I grew up being obsessed with music and uh, audio and photography, and really just always liked making things. Uh, when I got a little bit earlier, I started dabbling into programming and, and building software. Um, but I was sort of at this like crossroads when uh, it was time to go away to college, whether or not I wanted to pursue music, which was I think my real passion, mm-hmm. um, or computers and you know computer science which seemed like the the safe thing to do um i uh, i went for the safe thing and i uh, i went and i got a cs degree and i came out of school programming uh for a big consulting firm and um just wasn't happy realized that um i was bored i felt like i you know i i wasn't tapping into some of the the creative stuff that really got me excited when i was younger and so i decided that i was going to do whatever I could really to get a job at a record label because music was music was, was my life. I was playing music on the side at the time, uh, but I wanted to just be fully immersed in music. And um, I got a job at Atlantic Records, um, initially building websites for artists, but ultimately um, running product for them. And it was there that I, that I met a lot of startups and got really interested in the startup culture and the idea of building something from scratch, and um, you know, get, get, got a, got put in touch with an amazing company that had a mission that had really resonated with me called Aviary. Yep, and uh, ended up joining them after about five years at Atlantic and running product for them, and just becoming obsessed with this notion of helping people create. Um, Aviary's mission was around democratizing creativity by making it really easy for for anyone to be creative through photos and images and photo editing and sharing. This was around the time that Instagram was really taking off, uh, very early days Instagram. And um, I just, the mission resonated with me and we had a lot of success. We ended up selling the company to Adobe. And um, while I was at Adobe, um, personally became very, very interested in podcasting. And uh, my co-founder, Nir, 
also became very interested in podcasting. He was a, uh, also a colleague of mine from, from the aviary days. And we decided we wanted to make it our mission to make podcasting easy. We, we had tried to do it ourselves. I tried to make a podcast, found it to be incredibly difficult. Um, you know, the expensive mic, the, you know, the, the hardware, the software, the confusing distribution, paying for hosting, all of that. We just felt like there could be an easier way. And, um, we made it our mission to quote democratize audio. And, um, we've, we've been on that mission now ever since it's been, it's been, uh, it's been about three years. It's been an amazing journey and, um, excited to, to keep it going. Yeah, that's great. And then, uh, Tell us more about the origin story. So you and Nir were together at Aviary, Aviary and, and then Adobe, uh, thinking about what you're going to do next. When did you guys decide that you wanted, one, to work together, and then two, to work on this podcasting problem? So Nir and I had always had a really great working relationship. Um, you know, we <laughs> obviously we would work on aviary products together, but we would also participate in hackathons and, and build little side projects, just kind of like silly stuff, just kind of fun. And so, so we knew we were good at building stuff together. And I think when we both um, realized how much alignment there was in this vision around, around what podcasting could be, it, it it wasn't even it wasn't even a question should we should we work on this we just started doing it mm -hmm. like we just started hacking together prototypes and ideas late at night you know into early in the morning weekends every free minute we could get um, outside of our day jobs and time with you know family and friends obviously we we would we would devote to tinkering around with this this anchor idea. And it just kind of snowballed it, you know, one thing led to another. Next thing we knew we were putting out a beta, you know, next thing we knew the beta was, you know, building up some, some momentum and bringing in people from the community. Next thing we knew we were, you know, we were, we were, um, being contacted by investors. Um, this was, you know, th these were things that neither of us had ever experienced before. It was a whole, it was a whole new journey for us. Yeah. And I think it ultimately got to the point where, I think both of us were, were, were at a crossroads where it was like, this thing keeps growing this, you know, this idea, this, this project, it, it's building up so much momentum and, um, and it's getting to the point where if we want to keep feeding it, if we want to keep feeding the momentum, it's got to become our sole attention yeah. and our, and our focus and our full-time job. And, and that's when you're sort of faced with the, the decision of, do, do, do we go all in or do we do we put the side project down and, and just get back to our normal lives? Yep. And it sounds like uh, you did not put it down. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was, it, you know, we thought about it for, for, for a little bit, but um, the, the, the answer became clear pretty quickly just because we were just so passionate about what we were doing and we were having so much fun and um, really felt like we were doing something new and original and, you know, ultimately made the decision and, really never looked back. Um, Sounds like it's felt natural. It did. It felt very natural. Um, d despite, like I said, it was the first time either of us had ever done anything like that. Um, so it was really cool. It was really exciting. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm so, so happy I did it. I mean, it's, I, I tell people this all the time and you know, I, it probably sounds a little corny or whatever, but like I've never had more fun working on something before. I, I, I love coming to work every day for, for, for the past three years. Like it's been such an amazing experience to be able to come into work every day and work with such amazing people who are so aligned around this mission 
and um, and and basically create new products that that haven't existed in the world, put them out there, and improve people's lives in some some small way. Hopefully, um, it's amazing. I, yeah. I, I love it. I that's love great. I love what I'm I love what I'm doing. <laughs> that's that's awesome to hear. Yeah. And uh, I was looking back. It's been almost exactly three years since we co-led your seed round. Wow! And it, and uh, <laughs> and in that time, on the financing side, you went on to raise uh, a round from Excel, and then one from GV. On the product side, you're now the leader in the podcast space. Over a third of all new podcasts are created on Anchor. I think someone from the outside would say, "Okay, it's just been kind of easy, all up in the right." But at the same time, as we both know, it, there are difficult times as well, and there's always challenges. Maybe talk us through some of the challenges that you've run into in that time and then how you were able to get through them. Yeah. You know, it's always good to have that perspective, right? And look back. And I, you're, you're right. Like if, if you plotted a point from the beginning of my story to, to where I am now and you just drew a straight line between those two points, it, it would be up and to the right. And, and that's great. Yeah. <laughs> but but it's not it's it's not actually like that as i think most people know um you know i always think about this this chart that this image that that scott belsky drew that i've seen him put out on the internet a bunch over the past few years but i actually it's now like the central uh theme of of his new book the messy middle i don't know yep. if you've read it where it, it is a it is a a chart that goes up and to the right but it goes down a bunch too. Like sure. all, all along the way, it's like, oh, this is awesome, and then it's like, oh no, this sucks. Like life's over, uh, or no, oh, we're back on top, and then oh no, like we blew it. You know, it's very, uh, it's it's very up and down. The Hills life and, of the entrepreneur. Yeah, exactly, and 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 that is very much the reality. Um, you know, challenges. Geez, off the top of my head, I mean, honestly, there have been a lot, and I think that's normal. Um, I think figuring. I, I think like. When you're an entrepreneur and when you are building a company, there are all these things that you've never had to do before. Mm -hmm. And learning how to do all of those things always presents challenges and they always end up being core challenges for your business. And then you try to you try to learn them and you try to figure them out over some amount of time. And, and sometimes it takes a long time to figure them out. And once you figure them out, you kind of you you can sort of check that box and be like, all right, I know how to tackle that. Perfect example: hiring. Hiring um, have had a lot of challenges with hiring, as I'm sure you know. Every entrepreneur has had hiring is a really hard thing to do. It's it's hard to get it right. It's hard to find the right people uh, to align around the vision um, and the mission at the right time, who can move as quickly as you need them to. Um, who can contribute in exactly the way that that the business needs, um, and there are a lot of different pieces that go into that, right? Sourcing, interviewing, um, making an offer, deciding when to make the offer and how to make it, um, and then also on the flip side, if things don't work out, knowing when to when to maybe go go our separate ways. Yep. Um, so. You know, hiring for me, it always sticks out as one of the the sort of the, the things that kind of took me a while to to figure out how to do. And I would say, uh, you know, uh, experience, right? Going through it is obviously uh, a big way to learn. Um, of fortunately, having having really great um, mentors and advisors who have been through this before, also bringing in the right people. We uh, we ended up hiring a head of talent who has been phenomenal in uh, elevating our game as it comes to hiring, you know, 
building a process, building best practices, um, helping build up our um, employer brand, right, which has helped with inbound from candidates. So there are a lot of different things. Um, there's never one easy answer to sure. any of these issues, but you know, I think the the the, the main thing is working at it, working, you know, working at hiring over the course of a year or two years, working at fundraising, right? Every time you go to do it, you learn something new and you get a little bit better. Um, I think the important thing is that you don't, you don't back away from these things. You have to lean into your challenges. You have to face them head on. You're going to fail. You're going to mess up every once in a while. Um, but the next time it'll be a little bit easier and then a little bit easier, right? Yep. Yep. One thing we've seen at ENIAC over the last eight years is, a uh, a strong correlation between founders that have worked together before and know each other well and success. And that was one of the things that got us excited when, when we first met you and Nir, in addition to our thesis around, around audio. Um, how has that relationship and having that come, coming into founding Anchor been important for you guys? It was definitely important. I think, you know, like I said, we had we had signs that we would work well together because um, we had worked together. We had never worked as close as 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 sure. as, as, as we now because you were focused on product and he was focused on engineering. Yeah, and and you know, there's certainly a difference between weekend hackathons and and going all in on a yep. business together. I think Nier and I have always complimented each other. Um, I think when we first started working, we 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 joke about this sometimes. I think when we first started working together, we were we were less we, we were we were very different from one another mm. we had we had some common traits I can but see I, that yeah and i think over time we've we've become more similar mm. but still complementary in the ways that that make us different you it's know probably like a married couple <laughs> yeah probably <laughs> i you know i've i've always been um you know, I, I've <laughs> I've always been the one uh, you know that gets really really excited about a new idea and sort of pushes us to really think outside the box and 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 go big, right? And and near has always been the more pragmatic. Yep, um, I've seen that. You know, ha- like okay, let's let's actually think about what this means and what's realistic. And um, I think we've both um, we've both taken some of those traits from each other. I've definitely become more realistic and, and more measured um, over the years. And Nier, I think, has become more bold over the years and more um, and, and more big picture and more vision-y. So um, it's been a lot of fun, and I think we've learned a lot from each other. Um, it's, it's, it's been awesome. It's great. That's great. Yeah. Um, the podcasting ecosystem is kind of a, a funky, funky industry. Um, walk us through what it looks like and then, also, and then, what are the problems that Anchor is solving and helping the whole industry kind of move forward? Yeah. So, the thing with podcasting is, especially in the U.S., is it's a very kind of fragmented market and experience. You've got all these different components that make up what is podcasting, right? Yep. You've got creation. You've got editing, you've got hosting files, you've got distribution, you've got consumption, you know, listening to content, you've got discovery, which I know people always talk about, you've got monetization. And in a broad sense, most of these pieces to this puzzle are, are, are very disjointed and represented by different companies or different processes or different technologies. And I think as a result, um, it's been hard for the medium to sort of move forward and innovate. Um, over the past, you know, ten or fifteen years, or however long podcasting has been around, and so I think one thing that 
you know, that we're really conscious of and real, we're really focused on trying to achieve is bringing those pieces together to simplify the experience for everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, someone who wants to make a podcast, there's a lot of stuff to figure out. You know, like I said, like I was talking about earlier, you know, you've, you've got to figure out which mic to buy. Sure. You've got to figure out how the heck are you going to edit this thing? You don't know anything about audio editing. Where yep. do you start? What is the software you use? Sure. And then, then the uh, consumption platforms are fragmented as well. Yeah. And then, yeah, uh, w- sure. And then, you know, even before that, you have to figure out where the, how do I host these files? I have to upload them to some service and I have to pay for it. I have to pay a monthly fee. I haven't even decided if I want to do this yet. Sure, right. Yeah. Um, and I'm certainly not making any money. Yeah, exactly. And then I have to distribute and I, what the heck is an RSS feed? And, and yeah, then to your point, like the consumption side, there are tons of different apps. It's very fragmented, um, which which has also made it difficult for creators to monetize in a, in a certain way. And so I think you know, I, I think the the challenge for Anchor and the opportunity uh, for Anchor at the same time and for podcasting is how do we bring all of these elements together, make it really easy for everyone, and allow the market and the opportunity. Uh, to grow, to, to, to grow in size and scale and, and really like rise all ships, you know? Yep. Um, and, and I think that's, that's really what we're focused on. We want to make it easier across the board because the truth is every component that I mentioned has friction associated with it. Um, and so we always think about, okay, how can we just knock out all the friction? Yep. Like what is the friction with distribution that we can knock out? What is the friction with monetization that we can just knock out? And I think if we do that and if we do a good job of that, I think the ecosystem podcasting overall will be better for it. And I think the market will be bigger overall. Yep. Tell us more about the monetization. Uh, you just announced a few weeks ago uh, a new uh, product that allows all podcasters to monetize their content. So tell us more about that. Yeah. So. The primary way that people monetize podcasts, at least in the U.S., is through sponsorships, yep. advertisements, right? But that process is like like the rest of of podcasting is filled with friction, and it's um, it's a clunky process. It's a manual process. Most of the deals that are being done in podcasting for advertising are done manually. You know, it's it's a it's either a one to one deal between a brand and a, and a or an agency and a and a creator or a brand and an agency that happens to represent a bunch of podcasts. And so there's so much manual work involved that um, it ends up, it ends up meaning that very few podcasts actually get monetized. Yep. You know, the stat that we've heard that we've talked about a couple of times over the past few weeks is that only 1% or roughly 1% of podcasts in the U S are being monetized through ads, which again is the primary way that podcasters can make money in the space right now. And so, what we wanted to do is we we wanted to see if we could bridge that gap. We could bridge the gap for podcasters who maybe don't have the ability to get the attention of an advertiser or a brand or an agency and also bridge the gap for the brands and advertisers and agencies that maybe want to take advantage of this this channel which sure. is which is proven to be highly effective but can't, you know, get on the phone or or on email with thousands of podcasters and figure out, you know, which, which make the most, most sense for their brand, et cetera, et cetera. And so sponsorships, which, uh, which we launched just over a week ago is basically, uh, we like to think of it as, uh, the podcast, uh, the pot, the podcast advertising platform for everyone, yep. right? Whether you are someone who is just starting out or someone that's got an established audience, you can hop on an anchor, you can activate this feature and we will go and we will find a brand for you. We will do what we can to go find an advertiser that matches with your show that makes sense. And then, uh, and then who will pay you 
if you uh, if you read a sponsorship uh, 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 read for their brand and um, and it's been awesome. Like we've you know we've already gotten you know no, no numbers to share yet, but um, we've already gotten a lot of people paid who yep. weren't who weren't making money before this, who were just podcasting and couldn't get the attention of a brand, right? And we're letting new brands. I can't tell you how many brands I've talked to in the past week who have who have been dying. Sure. To market There's on a, podcasts. so much pent up demand and, and totally. where to put all those dollars right now. Totally, totally. So um, it's really exciting. It's really awesome. I, I personally believe that this could be the thing that really helps grow the market opportunity for podcasting in the U.S. and more importantly, gets people paid. Right, gets people paid for their hard work. Um, so I, I'm 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 very excited about it. Yeah, yeah. And even before sponsorships. Uh, Anchor was unlocking a lot of creators that otherwise just wouldn't be able to get a podcast stop just sure. by making that that much easier. Uh, what are some of the use cases or podcasts that have been out there that you would just never have expected? Kind of really uh, cool and different, either uh, either subject matter or uh, maybe the way that they do the podcast. What are some of the really cool stuff you've seen out there? So we see a lot of daily podcasts, which I think is cool, right? Producing a podcast has always been difficult, and so it's taken on um, I would say like a longer cadence generally, you know, you, you hear about weekly podcasts or biweekly. It's been cool to see a lot of people making daily podcasts. Now you do see creative formats that are really interesting and, and topics. And, um, you know, one of the things that I always say is there's a reason that the top 200 podcasts in the Apple podcast chart all kind of, you know, match similar themes, right? Mm -hmm. There are a lot of crime dramas out there. There's a lot of like, you know, interviews with successful people and how they got there and, you know, that sort of thing. And that's because those formats are proven, right? And the proven formats are the ones that can typically get the funding and the production they need to actually get get made and get marketed, et cetera. But then when you have a product like Anchor that comes along and sort of puts the tools in the hands of anyone and everyone, and, you know, people don't need to worry about budgets to get yep. them made, they start doing really creative things, right? So um, the podcast that I always reference, I've, I've referenced this podcast probably a dozen times in a dozen interviews, and um, my team keeps telling me I need to start listening to more podcasts. But um, <laughs> I'm obsessed with this podcast describing a rock because I never thought that something like that could get made. It's it's a woman. Uh, her name is Milo. She holds a rock in her hand and she describes the rock. She describes what it looks like, what it feels like, you know, um, the the texture, and then she talks about where she found it, and it's all set to like this really meditative music, which is amazing and it's relaxing, and it's just it's just like a breath of fresh air, and so I love that. Um, I need you know, to check that out. Yeah, there's a there's a podcast, you know, just to throw some other uh, some other funny things out there. Like there's a podcast called Highball where two friends get super baked and they read the Bible and they, and they, <laughs> and they interpret passages from the Bible while, you know, while smoking weed, which again, like who thinks, you know, who would have thought of that? Um, you know, not probably not in a world where anchor doesn't exist. Yep. So, um, yeah, I, I love seeing people be creative with the platform. I love hearing the wacky ideas. I love seeing people push the envelope and, um, it's really exciting to know that we're empowering people to make stuff. You know, that's so cool. Yeah, we have a lot of entrepreneurs that listen to this podcast. And put yourself back into your shoes, kind of three years ago, around the time you raised the seed round, uh, the situation that you and Nir are in. What advice would you have for entrepreneurs that are kind of in that situation? They they know they're working on something. They're in the early days. Uh, what would you tell them? I would I would tell them. Um, 
I would tell them to be fearless. Um, I would tell them that, you know, obviously everyone's situation is different and everyone needs to do their own risk assessment. Um, but, but that, you know, that they don't need to be afraid to try, right? Mm -hmm. And you never really know if something is going to work unless you try. Um, and it never hurts to have a conversation with an investor. Um, you know, I, I, I do often hear about entrepreneurs who are maybe afraid to put their idea out there to either like launch it or talk about it. They're worried about somebody stealing it or, and uh, I, I always try to encourage friends and people I see that are, that are making stuff to really put their thoughts and their ideas out there into the world, either to, because that's how you know if something is worth doing, right? You get, you get feedback, you get validation. Um, you know, Anchor, we never would have got the motivation to keep going if we didn't see that it excited people, yep. right? We put it in people's hands and it excited them. It, mo it, you know, it gave them ideas. It, it, it inspired them to be creative. And, and we got feedback and realized that we got a lot of things wrong. And we took that feedback and we made changes, right? And so whether it's giving it to an investor or a user um, or a bunch of users or even just like your mom, your yep. friends and family, it's important that you you get started and you share the work uh, early and often, I would say. Got it. That's great. Um, now we're going to end up with a, uh, a segment I call the lightning round, which okay. I kind of stole from Harry Stebbings, a, a podcast both of us have been on, but I, I okay. renamed it to what I think is a better name. Okay. <laughs> you ready? So yeah, uh, I'm going to ask you some quick questions and just say the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. You ready? I'm ready. <laughs> Let's go. What's the hardest thing about starting a company? Just starting. What's a sector or space that a lot of people are bearish on that you're bullish on? Whew. I mean, podcasting. I mean, I, I got I got a lot of no's early on. Yep, um, that's true. And I feel like it's still it's definitely growing, but it is still not a hundred percent there yet. And uh, I have all the faith in the world in it. Only the really visionary investors uh, <laughs> said yes, like you. <laughs> uh, what's the primary thing you'd like to see? change in the startup ecosystem uh you know i think i think we need I, I think we need diversity of of thoughts and perspectives and experiences and, and and ideas and um you know i i i look around at the startup ecosystem and a lot of people a lot of people do think and look like me yep um i don't like that yep what's your favorite tech company other than anchor oh man that's a hard one. Everyone oh, has trouble with this. I, one. I, I admire so many different companies. Um, I, I, I have a lot of admiration for Slack. Um, okay, we'll take Slack. That's okay. a good one. Okay, one more. What's your favorite podcast? Oh man, my favorite podcast. So I, you know, it's the most popular podcast in the world. So this isn't like a unique answer. I love the Daily. Um, I really like. Um, I really like Masters of Scale lately. I think that's been really good. Um, I like A16Z. I really start, I started listening to Broken Record with Malcolm Gladwell and Rick Rubin. Um, what else I'm looking at? So I love Exponent, mm -hmm. um, which is no longer around. Ben yep. Thompson. Yep, that was and, great. Uh, James All All Allworth, I think it is. Um, I hope they bring it back. I don't know if they will. Um, 
I think that suffices. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank Mike. Thank you so much for being on the show. It's just been a, a great pleasure. My partners and I have had a, a wonderful time working with you and Nir over the last three years. So uh, looking forward to many great things in the future. Thank you, Hadley. It's been a pleasure to work with you as well. Uh, we love you guys. And thank you for having me on the podcast. 